This is Crime Connections. We're your hosts. I'm Leah. And I'm Jackie. The case that I am bringing you today is a little different from what I usually cover. This case did happen around the Christmas holiday, and it's international. It's one of the first ones I've covered in a European country. So we've done one in Australia, I've done one in Canada. But this particular case took place in Coventry, United Kingdom, and it's about a woman that was in love, excited for the holidays, and was anticipating some major life changes with the coming new year. This is the case of Samina Imam. In 2013, Samina Imam, who was 32 at the time, was working as a regional marketing manager for a handful of Costco's in the area around Coventry, UK. Samina lived in Cardiff at the time, but would often be assigned to travel to several Costco branches. This would range from Southampton, Bristol, and Coventry. From Cardiff, each of these locations are about two or three hour drive for Samina. So like literally two to three hours either way, like south, north, east, west. That was kind of her like area that she would cover. It was at the Costco in Coventry where she met 40-year-old Roger Cooper. Roger Cooper was a store manager when he met Samina, and relationships between senior staff members was strictly prohibited. But this did not stop Roger and Samina from starting up an affair. The problem with this affair, besides the obvious that it was violating several policies, was that Roger at that time had a long-term partner. They weren't married, but it was someone that he'd been with for a really long time, so it was one of those things where like they were to, had been together for over 10 years, so they were more or less practically married, but not yeah. legally married. He was living a double life and carrying out an affair with Samina. This left Samina obviously feeling as though she was second best, and often she urged Roger to confess to his partner that he wasn't in love with her anymore and start a committed relationship and start a life with Samina. Their relationship had been going on for two years when Samina really started to grow tired of the sneaking around and keeping everything hidden, but she really was in love with Roger. Samina was so intent on trying to make this relationship work that she gave Roger an ultimatum, which never seems to go well. Yeah, don't just don't do it. Either Roger started a relationship with her and ended things with his long-term partner, or it was going to be completely over between them. Roger agreed to leave his long-term partner and start a committed relationship with Samina, which I think was a little shocking. This had happened around October of 2014 when Roger told Samina, okay, I hear you, I'm in love with you too, let's go ahead and try this out and be in a committed relationship. Samina was elated and she decided to book a hotel for two nights at the luxury Malmaison Hotel in Birmingham, UK for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. The plan was for Roger and Samina to spend the holiday together and finally cement their relationship. For Samina, this luxury getaway was going to be what jump-started a new chapter in her life and would be an exciting start to the new year. She was finally going to be having this committed relationship with yeah. this man that she was in love with. On the surface, Roger seemed to be completely on board with Samina's ultimatum, and he went along with all of her plans. But behind the scenes, Roger had no intentions of leaving his long-term partner or starting a committed relationship with Samina. In fact, 
Roger was actually dating another employee at the Costco store along with Samina. So he was juggling three women at one time when Samina was giving him this ultimatum. But she had no idea. I know. I don't understand people that can carry out affairs. I mean, I just don't understand where you have the time, where you find the time, but... Or the energy. That as well. And, I mean, he was somehow not just living a double life but a triple life i do believe it probably helped that samina wasn't always at the she wasn't always in coventry mm. she yeah, was because she just, was traveling mm-hmm. the three hour radius. so she would only really see roger i mean sometimes they probably would go a week or more without seeing each other yeah but still crappy crappy guy worried about what samina would do if roger didn't go along with her ultimatum Roger started plotting with his younger brother, David Cooper, to kill Samina. What? Roger was terrified that once he told Samina he wasn't interested in starting a committed relationship with her, she would tell his long-term partner about the affair. And not only would it jeopardize his relationship, but his career as well. Because remember, dating Samina was strictly Mm -hmm. prohibited by the company. Roger is a manager at this time, and he was worried that all of his hard work was going to disappear once Samina revealed that they had been having an affair for a couple of years. And it was also probably a concern for him that it would be revealed that he was not only having an affair with Samina, but having an affair with other employees as well. It's very much believed that this wasn't the only employee that he had dated at some point when he was with Samina as well. It's believed that there had been a few women that he was seeing along with Samina and his long-term partner. Oh my gosh. Yeah. David Cooper, Roger's brother, was an ex-soldier, and Roger believed that he would be able to help kill Samina and cover it up so neither one of them would be culpable for the crime. I can understand to an extent why it was so heavily emphasized in all of my research that David Cooper was an ex-soldier. I can kind of understand it. Yeah. But I don't believe that, obviously, all ex-soldiers are going to go around plotting to help kill their brother's mistresses. I just kind of wanted to put that out there. But it was, like, everywhere in the research that David Cooper, ex-soldier, Roger Cooper and David Cooper, ex-soldier. It's like, I get it, Mm -hmm. because he has that tactical mind and the things that soldiers have to learn and do. Yeah, but, I mean, they're not, like, freaking murderers. Exactly. They're not plotting what evidence and what this and what that. Yes, they're not going around and trying to see if any family members need help, like, covering up a crime and committing a murder. So Very different things. Yeah. Like, okay, he was an ex-soldier, but... He was, like, an ex-FBI agent. That would make a little more sense. Yes. No, just an ex-soldier. 39-year-old ex-soldier. I just... It was... It's, like, every time you look up this case and you see David Cooper's name... It has it somewhere right by his name that he was an ex-soldier. I just don't quite get why that has to be. Yeah, that's weird. Moving on. On Christmas Eve 2014, Samina and Roger both left work at the Coventry Costco around the same time with plans to run a couple errands and then meet back up a little while later. They met again nearby the Coventry Costco where Samina unpacked her luggage into Roger's car, all of her shopping bags, and she left her BMW parked on a quiet side street. She also purchased a bottle of Bellini to celebrate the occasion. Bellini is a mixed drink made of sparkling wine and peach puree, which absolutely sounds delicious. And you it can, does sound good. You can get it at Trader Joe's. <laughs> but this particular bottle of Bellini is very important later on in the case. 
So that's the only reason why I'm mentioning it and kind of explaining what it is. While Roger and Samina are driving to the hotel, Roger tells Samina that he needs to stop at his brother David's house in Leicester before they finish traveling to the hotel. Leicester wasn't too far out of the way from Birmingham where the hotel was located. It was maybe only 30 to 45 minutes out of the way, so she doesn't really see anything wrong with this and she finds it charming because she actually gets to meet Roger's brother. Because again, she thinks that this is the beginning of her and Roger's relationship. relationship. She yep. is fully believing that Roger has left his partner, he's starting a committed relationship with her, and oh wow, look, now she's going to meet Roger's brother, the family, David. family. Yes. Yeah. While driving to David's house, Samina spoke to her sister for the last time. She had asked how their mother was doing and confirmed that she would see her family on Boxing Day for family Christmas celebrations. Just a reminder, Boxing Day is the day after Christmas, so December oh. 26th. Never heard of that. Once they arrive at David's house, David invites them both inside. After entering David's house, Samina is immediately attacked by the brothers. This was around 5 o'clock p.m. Roger and David covered Samina's mouth with a cloth that was soaked in chloroform and then continued to smother her until she was dead while she lay on the couch. I just want to note, even if David and Roger would have gone into the house with Samina, sat down, had a cup of tea, chit-chatted for a little bit, I don't think it would have mattered if they attacked her right from the get-go or waited because Samina was only five foot two while David was six foot seven Holy and Roger Carbola. was six foot five. Wow. I she did not that poor Have a woman chance. did not stand a chance. As soon as she entered that house, there was no way. That is so sad. Because she's a lady at, at, yeah, the, at like the highest yes. point of her life right now. She's in love. He finally she's, agreed to leave his partner. She's 34, so she's still young, and she's thinking oh. that she's finally starting a great life with this man that she loves. Yeah, and she just gets attacked from behind. She doesn't even see it coming, which might be better. You know what, ladies? Don't date someone in a relationship. Yes. If it's not good. No, it usually never turns out good. And if it does turn out good for you, but I would say that's happy pretty dang for rare. you, but it's extremely rare. <laughs> it is still unclear to this day who had moved Samina's body from the couch to the car. But it's believed that David is the one that almost immediately started to work on disposing of Samina's body. She was wrapped in cling film first, and then she was wrapped in a sleeping bag. David buried her in a deep grave in an allotment shed on Groby Road in Leicester. This allotment shed belonged to David Cooper, and coincidentally enough, there was a sign hanging on this shed that said, Don't wind me up. I'm running out of places to hide the bodies. Oh, David has never come out and admitted that this sign means anything, but well, I'm just, it's I'm really sure it doesn't, ominous. But like, what the actual? It's so ominous, nonetheless. I just That's terrible. I hate when things like that happen. Around 6:25 p.m., Roger Cooper started the drive back to his home where he lived with his partner. After arriving home, he texted himself from Samina's phone to try and create a false alibi. So he was texting on Samina's phone to his phone. The text read, I am fuming. I am going to where I am truly cared for. The purpose of sending a text like this was to give off the impression that Roger had decided to call things off with Samina 
and canceled their plans to stay in a luxury hotel for two nights for the Christmas holiday. So he's already trying to plant this illusion that Mm -hmm. he made her really mad and that was the last time he'd seen her. The next day, Christmas Day, Roger continued to keep up the ruse that Samina was still alive by texting her cell phone from his cell phone saying, Merry Christmas. Roger and David continued to try and cover their tracks to ensure that they wouldn't be discovered in Samina's murder. Oi, oi, oi. They moved her car from the quiet side street in Coventry to Leicester to be wiped clean of DNA and fingerprints. Samina's car was then moved to Lutton and abandoned there. Lutton is about an hour and a half south of Leicester where her body was buried. So they moved it to around... Oh, God. They moved it to a, like a completely random place where Samina would never be going. Well, and also to mention the fact that he buried her on his own property... So it wasn't his own property. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but it wasn't on his own property. Okay. On Boxing Day, December 26, 2014, Samina did not show up to her family's dinner party for their Christmas celebrations. Immediately, her family became concerned when they could not get a hold of her and they had no idea of her whereabouts. They reported her missing right away. And before getting more into this, I do want to add that it's a little fuzzy whether or not anybody in Samina's family knew about Roger. Every article I read definitely alludes to the fact that the whole two years that they were together, nobody was aware of their affair. Not once did her family members name Roger as a potential suspect while police searched for Samina, and they had no idea that she was traveling to Birmingham for a luxury getaway with Roger during the Christmas holiday. Which makes me think she was shameful of it and I, didn't want to tell them because yep. it. how could she explain why he wasn't around? Yeah. Oh, well, he has to be with his partner. Yes. You know. When her sister had spoken to her on the phone during the car ride, she was not aware that Roger was even in the car or that he was driving the car. And she had no idea that Samina was with him going to Birmingham for this luxury getaway. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very safe to assume that for two years, Samina kept everything very quiet. And I think that also could have added to her frustration and why she so badly wanted Roger to finally commit to her. Samina was very close to her family. They had a loving and great relationship. And I can only imagine how difficult it was for her to keep a secret like that. And to be loving a man and not being able to feel like you can show express this man and, and express it to your family. Share it with your family. Yeah. yeah. Knowing they would completely disapprove. And I think that's probably why she also was so elated because she was probably thinking, oh, I can finally bring him around my family. Mm-hmm. He's with me now. Who cares that we had like an affair for two years? We're together now. And that's all I mean. It's just really sad. On January 4th, 2015, 10 days after Samina was reported missing, police located her car abandoned on a quiet residential street in Lutton. It was noted that Samina's handbags were missing, her suitcases were missing, and all the shopping she had done before she disappeared was not found in the car either. So there was nothing in the car at all. No fingerprints were found, but what really alarmed the police was how far back the driver's seat was set, considering that Samina was only five foot two. This is what kind of led them to believe that rather than dealing with a missing persons inquiry, 
they were dealing with a no body murder inquiry. They had a car with absolutely no DNA, not even her fingerprints. Her car is in a random city that she would have no business being in. Mm -hmm. It's not anywhere that she would work or want to go. And her seat is pushed way back. Which that's crazy because that's such a little detail, but so big. Yeah. It wasn't difficult for police to start piecing together what had happened to Samina once they were able to access her phone records. Records showed that Samina had traveled from Coventry to Leicester with Roger, and license plate recognition also identified that Roger had driven to Leicester to David's house. So something to mention, in foreign countries, aka not the U.S., they have these license plate recognition mm-hmm. system i don't i don't know exactly how it works but i do know that they're constantly scanning your license plate yeah. to see if you have a current license and current insurance and i was listening to a tiktok the other day about a woman who was notified she didn't have insurance and i'm like that's the coolest thing ever i wish we that did is. that yeah and so she was notified that her insurance lapsed and she didn't have current insurance so then she went and looked into it and her insurance was registered to the wrong car like by a year or something See, that's nice and so then she just had to fix it or whatever yeah and i'm like oh my god that's amazing i well, wish and we it's had great that. for cases like this too mm-hmm. so police questioned roger and he obviously lied claiming that the last time he had seen samina was when he dropped her off at a Tesco store in Coventry. And that was on Christmas Eve. So he's claiming that they broke things off and he dropped Samina off and that was it. It was the last time he saw her. Knowing that he wasn't being truthful though, police obtained a search warrant for David Cooper's house and found all the evidence they needed to place an arrest. In David Cooper's house, the bottle of Bellini that Samina had Mm. bought was in his refrigerator. The snacks she had purchased were in his cupboards, and her sat-nav, which is basically like a GPS system, was found in his home, and the sat-nav was specifically from her car. How How stupid. Yes. Both Roger and David were arrested for Samina's murder on January 7, 2015. That's what I mean. For being an ex-soldier, I'm just saying... Why are we emphasizing that? The dude's clearly an idiot. Like, stop yeah. trying to give him credit That's for being an ex-soldier. Like, just because you're in the army doesn't mean you're out there knowing no. how to kill people. It's like you're giving, like yeah, you know how to shoot a gun, but you don't know how to hide a murder. You're giving soldiers a bad name by even trying to associate that that with him. Yeah, that makes no mm. sense. After being arrested, Roger Cooper denied any involvement in Samina's murder or disappearance. At the time of their arrest, a body had not been found yet. Essentially, they were being charged with murder without a body, which is never something a prosecution wants to try and build a case on, even in the UK. Mm-hmm. David Cooper, on the other hand, immediately admitted that he killed Samina. <laughs> of course he did. His claim, though, is that it was purely accidental. So I'm going to share the elaborate story that David Cooper gave to investigators instead of trying to summarize it, because there it's too crazy and there's just too much There's no way that I can do it justice by summarizing it. Oh, Lord. So this is basically the interview that David Cooper is having with investigators after he's been arrested. This lady, I didn't know her name. She died on my sofa. My brother had been round, and then after he went, he just literally gone a minute, and the door knocked again, and I thought it was him coming back. So I opened the door, and normally I wouldn't open the door because I don't like people. It was this woman who I knew to be an associate of Roger's. She was like, where's Roger? 
stepping into the house, I was like, he's not here. He's gone. (laughs) This is when David said he knew Missy Mom was looking for Roger, but that he wanted to go home and he didn't want her knowing where Roger lived. So David said, so I was like, go, got to let him get away. So I got her to sit on the sofa. I offered her a cup of tea, but she wasn't interested. She was moaning. I don't recall what she was saying, but she was like, we've made plans. He's supposed to be seeing me, which I'm pretty vague about. In my kitchen, I've got a military ammo tin. I have a bottle of chloroform, and because I'd seen it on telly and thought it was okay, I thought I'll just shut her up because my walls are paper thin. I don't want to make a scene, and I want to give Roger a few minutes. She wasn't accepting a cup of tea. She wasn't accepting anything else, so I literally thought it was a really good idea, so I got a bucket. I got the chloroform and I poured it over a tea towel. I went in and put it across her face thinking, and as stupid and naive as it sounds, I did think it would just buy me some time because I don't know how long they stay unconscious for. And I put it on her face and sat on her lap and her arms went up and I forced them down and I just thought just a couple of breaths, then I'll ring Roger and tell him, but I don't know, I don't know. And then after that, David said, everything just goes a hundred miles an hour. And he continues and says, I'm afraid my priority was self-preservation up until today. I was like, right, shit, she didn't wake up. I tried. I felt for a pulse. And I've only seen it on TV, and it sounds stupid. I'm nearly 40 years old, but it was all weird. This is when David told the cops that the chloroform was freezing cold on his hand. It was burning his hand, and everything just felt all wrong. And later on in the interview, he told police that he had called a pal named Ben who had a van who disposed of Missy Mom's body. David said, I put, it, I put the body in my sleeping bag. I didn't clean the sofa. I didn't do anything to hide anything. I just covered my tracks, and if I get caught, I get caught. And if I don't, I don't. I'm not going to try too hard, so the stuff's still there, and they can find it. Unless I get away with it, and then I would be able to hide it. I don't know. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say that he thinks the body is buried in Woodland. I'm not from Leicester. I don't know Leicester. But I think he said something about Swithland Woods. So that's the end of the... Yikes. So he knows where the body's buried, obviously. But that was the end of the interview with David Cooper. Clearly, this was a horrible attempt at trying to cover up what had really happened. Again, he knew exactly where Samina's body was buried because he buried her. The problem, though, is that he wasn't going to admit to the police that he owned an allotment shed and that he buried her there. Police still were no closer to finding Samina's body. Really quick, I'm going to take a moment to explain what an allotment shed is in the UK. Initially, I assumed the shed was right behind David's house, like a Mm -hmm. shed we have sometimes at people's houses here. You just have a shed in the backyard. Yeah. But in the UK... There is land that is used specifically for the purpose of planting flowers or crops. Oh. So it's not in their backyard. It's this huge plot of land, like big area of land. And people can have kind of like a square of land and they can plant their own flowers. They can plant their own crops and they can have a shed on this allotment. And the shed can hold all of their gardening tools and whatnot. Or hide a body under, bury a body that under so for David Cooper. But a local neighbor put in a tip to the police that David Cooper owned an allotment shed and kind of gave the police an idea of where it was. 
Police looked into David's records and they were able to find the exact allotment that his shed was located on. And once it was determined where they should start looking, an excavation team got to work trying to find the remains of Samina Imam. So they didn't know exactly which plot of land belonged to David, but they knew a general area of where his plot could have been because he wasn't going to tell them which shed was his. Which is weird. There's no like paper trail or... I don't think that they could find. I think they they knew what allotment, so what big area of land his like plot was on, but I don't think they could find exactly which plot was his. And he wasn't going to give them that information. On the fourth day of their search, January 16th, 2015, police found a female body wrapped in a sleeping bag in cling film. Once transported to the coroner's office, the body was positively identified as Samina Imam. The prosecution team now had their body, and the Imam family could finally put Samina to rest and try to find closure in such a horrible and senseless crime. In August of 2015, the trial against Roger and David Cooper had begun. The prosecution explained that Roger killed Samina because she was an inconvenience to him and posed a threat to his image and career. It was further explained that David assisted Roger with this crime because of the brotherly bond they shared. It was never really discovered why David ultimately agreed to murder and disposing of a body for his brother. And I just want to say, I have two brothers. I love them dearly. I would do just about anything for them if they called me and they needed help. But I would never... Kill someone. Yeah, so they called me and said, hey, I have this girl I'm having an affair with. I need your help. No! (laughs) Like... I get brotherly love to an extent, but to me, that is like no, a that's whole the weirdest crap. Extremely like sick level. So, yeah. I also have siblings, and never in my life would yes. I be like, "Yeah, let's go murder this person." So for, for David no to reason. say like, "Oh, it's just you know, our brotherly bond." No. no, you both are messed up. Mm-mm. While the trial continued, there were even more disturbing facts that had come to light. It was discovered that there was another attempt at taking Samina's life that they tried to have happen before Christmas Eve. The brothers had been plotting for over a month to kill Samina, and originally they planned on killing her on December 12, 2014. The plan was for Roger to tell Samina that he had booked a room at Solohol's Premier Inn, which was a hotel that Samina had frequently used when she was staying in town in Coventry. After she had attended a Christmas party, Roger would tell Samina that he had a surprise for her, when in reality, there was no surprise. And Roger would not even be at the hotel. David would be there waiting in a car, like a getaway car outside the hotel, and he would just abduct Samina and use the chloroform to oh knock her out. Oh my gosh. The brothers had bought chloroform two days before this, so it was obvious that all along their plan was to knock her unconscious with chloroform and then basically just smother her to death. But luckily for Samina, something about the plan had gone wrong. It's never been fully revealed what had happened Mm -hmm. some sources say that the taxi samina took from the christmas party took her to the wrong hotel originally and by the time she was back to the correct hotel it was too late for the plan to be carried out and other sources just say that there were too many people around that david couldn't abduct her but regardless she made it safely to the hotel and their plan couldn't be carried out While Roger and David were waiting for this to happen, they were texting back and forth in code using Star Wars terminology. Oh my gosh. Right? They would text things like, stay on target, stay on target. You are expected, Vader. Oh and my. Death Star complete. 
once it was obvious that the plan that's embarrassing it is like think of better code words or something like why stop? yikes i don't know <laughs> oh my god uh, it's, that, it's that brotherly bond yeah there. i cannot once it was obvious that the plan was not going to be carried out that evening roger texted david in french which was loosely translated to saying there's no point no score the window of opportunity is closed they waited just 12 more days for another opportunity to kill Smina. The trial concluded in October of 2015, and the jury came back with a unanimous verdict of guilty in the murder of Samina Imam. But before the jury could be like released to go discuss if they found the Cooper brothers innocent or guilty, David Cooper was allowed to recant his original confession, and he tried saying that he had actually found Samina's body on the side of the road when he was helping a friend move a car, and he buried her body under his allotment shed because he was very worried that he would be found guilty of her murder when all he did was just happen to find her body. I just think that it's shocking that they even allowed that. I am In too. The, With all the evidence you have, like, what are you doing? Well, yeah, and for, for something like that, I'm so shocked that even his defense team was like, yeah, yeah let's do that. Let's do that. Let's see if it persuades the jury. Or maybe he did it with it makes you. It makes you look less even credible. more guilty. Yes. yes, because you lied and now you're, oh wait, I have a whole other story I can tell you. Like yes. that. I just, not right there. Something mental right there. Mm-hmm. At sentencing, Judge Patrick Thomas had said the use of a poison in a case such as this demonstrates a cold-blooded intention to kill, regardless of the consequences. You worked together in planning and carrying out the murder of a joyful and bubbly young woman, brutally betrayed by a man she loved and his brother. It was then that the judge handed down the sentence of life in prison with having to serve a minimum of 30 years. I kind of looked into that a little bit further, because for me... 30 years it's like nothing Mm -hmm. but what it means is they have to serve a minimum of 30 years before they can basically try to do like an appeal yeah so it's a little different in the uk this like in the u.s this would be considered first degree murder because they yes planned it was premeditated yeah so it would be like life in prison without the possibility of parole yeah so So i did learn that in the states we're a lot harsher than people in the uk so they need to step it up. Uh-huh. I, I think we're too harsh on certain crimes, but like yes. murder like this, yeah. without a doubt, like, come on. I did try to find more information about Samina because I did want to do justice to the victim and talk about her a little bit further, but there's literally nothing out there. And in my research, I do think that this is by design because when she murdered, her family came out and expressed their grief and shock that someone would do this to such a beautiful woman. The family also expressed that they did not want Samina's life to be picked apart and poured over in the years to come because of this horrific crime that happened to her. They didn't want that to be what defined her. They wanted to be left in peace and they wanted Samina to be remembered as a bright light in this world. They didn't do any interviews. They've never talked to anybody. They released their original statement. Some of the family members didn't go to the trial. They have just kept very private and they don't want i just don't think that they want people to talk the publicity yeah Yeah. so well and it also probably comes down to they don't want it to come out as like her being the other woman and exactly like like somehow this was her fault i don't think they ever want her to stop being the victim in this story because she's 100 percent the victim Mm -hmm. of such a heinous crime so everywhere i looked 
there wasn't anything about like even mm-hmm. the date of birth or anything really That's about sad. her but what little bit I could find there were friends that you remained unanimous that did kind of give quotes just about how amazing of a person she was she was one of those people that they said she walks in she lights up a room everybody's mm-hmm. friends with her she could be friends with just about anybody so I mean clearly and obviously we'll post pictures she just seems like such a beautiful person oh that's so sad since this is coming out on December 23rd I do hope that all of our listeners have a merry and bright holiday season and we want to take a moment to just let you guys know that for the next two weeks we're going to go ahead and take a break really enjoy our families and the holidays and yes all the fun all the fun activities. things and we will be back on the 12th of January so the second week of January yes which is a Friday obviously so happy new year happy holidays all the wonderful things we be hope, safe yes. be smart all the above. Don't trust the shady. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. As always, thank you for listening to Crime Connections. If you so kindly would please follow, share, and go like us on Facebook at Crime Connections or follow us on Instagram at Crime Connections Pod. You can also join in on the discussion of these cases at our new discussion Facebook page, Crime Connections Podcast Discussion Board. If you have any news, tips, or cases that you want us to look into, please feel free to email or DM us. We love hearing from you guys. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye. Thanks, guys.